everything I am, everything I am, everything I'll be, everything I'll be, lay it at his feet. Lay it all at his feet. It's not about us. It's not about us. Hey, it's about Jesus. It's about Jesus. It's not about you. It's not about you. It's about Jesus. It's about Jesus. It's not about us. 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 It's about Jesus. It's about Jesus. 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 about Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Glory, God. Hallelujah. Thank, Thank you, Lord. Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It feels so good mm. to be in the house of the Lord. Yes. Hallelujah. What a time. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Glory. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I thank God I give him glory. Mm. Hallelujah. Yes. And I Hallelujah. love you, Lord. Thank, thank you, Jesus. Jesus. I love you, Lord. So Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I offer up to God the praise and the fruit of my lips. Let's fill this house with worship. Hallelujah. Yes, Hallelujah. So because he is God. He's Hallelujah. a God that sits high you, and a God that looks low. Hallelujah. Too hard or impossible. Hallelujah. Yes. So worthy, God, you are. Hallelujah. We give you, we give you glory, God. Hallelujah. You're so worthy, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Yeah, hallelujah. hallelujah. Thank you, God. Oh, Lord, our Lord, how excellent is your name. Your name is strength. Your name is power. A strong tower. Makes me say, Oh Lord. 
Your name is strength. Your name is power. A strong tower makes me say, Oh, there's nobody like you, Lord. 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 Oh, Lord. Oh, Lord. My Lord. My Lord. How excellent is your name. Your name is Nobody, nobody like you, Lord. 
There's nobody like you, Lord. Say, oh, oh. There's nobody like you, Lord. 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 There's nobody. There's nobody like you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. The next song that you're going to hear, we don't have the rights to this song, but we want you to feel free to praise God and give him what he deserves on today and every day. Amen.
honor your name we glorify your name hallelujah for you alone are worthy you're worthy god you're high and you lift it up god there is no other god like you hallelujah come on and magnify the lord with me for he alone is good he is good and his mercy endured forever father god we will let the high praises of god come out of our mouth this morning and we will let a two-edged sword be in our hands on today Father God, we love you. We adore you, God. We appreciate you, God. We magnify you, God, because you are God. The Bible said, let everything that has breath praise ye the Lord. So, Lord, we praise you in spite of our circumstances. God, we praise you, God, in the midst of this crisis. God, we honor you, God, because you are worthy. You are worthy. You deserve glory. You deserve honor. And you deserve praise, so we just praise you, God. We lift you up, God. There is no other God like you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to the Lamb. Glory to the Lamb. Hallelujah. Glory to the Lamb. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to the Lamb. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to the Lamb. Hallelujah. Worthy, worthy, worthy are you, Lord. Hallelujah. Glory to your name. Hallelujah. 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 Glory to your name, God. Hallelujah. Father God, right now in the name of Jesus, God, I come against every attack and every assignment that the enemy has sent out against us today verbally, physically, spiritually, financially, emotionally, and mentally. I speak that all of those attacks have been broken right now in the name of Jesus. I break the spirit of witchcraft right now in Jesus' name. Father God, I break confusion and I lose peace right now in Jesus' name. God, I thank you and I praise you right now that you're in the midst of us, God, to do a work amongst your people, God, in Jesus' name. God, I thank you for our helper and our teacher, which is the Holy Spirit. 
Holy Spirit, lead us, guide us into all truth. Be our comfort today. Holy Spirit, reveal unto us today. Make the word known. Illuminate the word. Let there be light coming from the word that it penetrates our very being on today. Let it be like a hammer that breaks the rocks into pieces. Let it be like a fire that devours everything around us. Let it be like a two-edged sword in this place on today. God, we just thank you, God. We just want to glorify you, magnify you, lift you up, God. And I thank you, God, that I have been crucified with Christ. We have been crucified with Christ. And it's no longer I, it's no longer us who live, but it's Christ who lives on the inside of us. So, God, through this word today, you will be glorified. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Hallelujah. It is so good. To be in the house of the Lord. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. To be fellowshipping. Even though we can't fellowship with only 10, we still have lives. So we still have a lot of people that we can still fellowship with. Amen. I want you to turn with me to Genesis. We're going to start at the beginning again. Genesis 1, 26. Hallelujah. Genesis 1, 26. And the word of God reads in Genesis 1:26, And God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness. And let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the fowl of the air, over the cattle and over all the earth, and o- over every creeping thing that creep upon the earth. Let's go to 27. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him. Male and female created he them. Verse 28. And God blessed them, and God said unto them, Be fruitful and multiply, and replenish the earth and subdue it, and have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the fowl of the air, and over every creeping living thing that moveth upon the earth. Okay, we're going to stop there, but we're going to add more to it. I want to talk about out-of-court Christians, and you will begin to understand where I'm coming from once I add to it. We see in the beginning that God created us in his image and in his likeness. That means that all of us, we were spirit beings. And when he created us in his image and his likeness, he gave us dominion over all of the earth. And you should be excited about that because dealing with the crisis that's going on on the earth, you have dominion, you have power over that crisis. And you can speak to corona, um, the coronavirus or COVID-19, and you can tell that virus what you want it to do. And everybody should be speaking the same thing. Amen. But then it goes further. He created us as spiritual beings, and after he created the, the heavens and the earth, he needed man to rule over the earth and everything that he created upon the earth. But we know that a spirit cannot, um, people cannot see a spirit, so a spirit cannot rule here on earth. Now, a spirit need a body to inhabit. So when we go to chapter 2, It said that God, let's go to chapter 2, verse 7, and all of it is going to come together where I'm going. In Genesis chapter 2, verse 7, it said, And the Lord God formed man out of the dust of the ground. So he formed man out of the dust of the ground, so that's the body, and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living soul. So we see here we started out as spiritual beings. He formed man from the dust of the ground. That was the body, but in order for that body to live, he had to 
blow the breath of life into that man and man became a living soul. So we see here is three part being spirit, soul, and body. So God created us with the spirit, with the soul, which has a body. Your body is just your earth suit. This is what people see is the body. Why am I going here? Because when God was telling me that people are living in the outer courts, the spirit, soul, and body represents the tabernacle. So when we look here at this church, it's kind of set up like a cross. And if you start here at this altar, this is like the outer courts. This is the body. When you go right there in the middle of those seats, you're going to have the soul. And when you go further, you're going to have the spirit. So we're supposed to flow from spirit, soul, and body. We're supposed to flow from inward outward. So I want you to see the setup. It's spirit, soul, and body. So the outer courts is what? The body. So this is how God created us as a three-part being, spirit, soul, and body. When you look at Father, Son, and Holy Ghost, there are three, but there are one. Amen? So where I want to go now is go with me to Exodus. And I want you to hold your spot in the book of Exodus. Exodus 25. And I'm going to go over again what happened in the Garden of Eden so all of us can be on one accord. We know in that garden, after God had placed man in the garden, he placed him in, in that garden to keep the garden, to guard the garden, to watch over the garden. He told him what not to do, which was to not eat from that tree of knowledge of good and evil. So that man had a command from God, do not eat from that tree of knowledge of good and evil. So God saw that the man was alone. He um, brought Eve in on the same. And then we get into Genesis 3. In Genesis 3, we see that the enemy, which is Satan, used the serpent to deceive Eve. And Eve um, ate from that tree. She gave some of that fruit to her husband. And sin entered the world. What happened when sin entered the world? The Spirit of God. God created us as spiritual beings. So that spirit that was in man that represent the life of God left man. So that means that that man's spirit was dead. Even though that man had still three parts, spirit, soul, and body, the spirit that's now within him was dead. It did not have any life. The life of God left that body. Being that the life of God left that body, the, the fellowship that man had with God was broken. In Genesis, it talks about how God was um, coming to Adam and Eve in Genesis 3 in the cool of the day. When they had sinned, they heard um, God. They heard a sound. And it was God coming in that garden in the cool of the day. So they had that fellowship with God, but the fellowship was broken. When you have fellowship, that means that you're partaking, you're sharing, you're communing um, one with another. So they didn't have that um, fellowship because it was broken. The Bible lets us know that in Isaiah 59, verse 2, it says that your iniquities have separated you from God. And being that those iniquities have separated you from God, God has hid his face from you because of sin. That means God cannot look upon sin. But God didn't want it to happen that way. God created us because he wanted to have fellowship with us. He wanted to commune with us. So at this time, that fellowship was broken. So God wanted to get that fellowship back with man. So the only way that God could get the fellowship back with man, which was broken, was through a Savior. And we know that Savior is Jesus Christ. It was through someone 
that had no sin. But before Jesus came on the scene, this is what God done. He used animal sacrifices so that way he could um, still be amongst his people. So let's go to Exodus 25, and y'all going to understand where I'm going. Go to Exodus 25. I know it's kind of a lot to take in, but I'm going somewhere. In Exodus 25, let's look at verse 9. This is God talking to Moses. Moses was the one God sent to deliver the people out of Egypt. He said in verse 9, Exodus 25, 9, According to all that I show thee, after the pattern of the tabernacle, wait a minute, I'm sorry, go to verse 8, And let them make me a sanctuary that I may dwell among them, according to all that I show thee, after the pattern of the tabernacle, and the pattern of all the instruments thereof, even so shall you make it. So what God was doing, he was talking to Moses. He told Moses, I want to dwell amongst my people. So the only way I can dwell amongst my people is for you to um, make this tabernacle. And this tabernacle would be a place where God would be, where the spirit of God would be. God's spirit would be in the most, um, the holies of holies, the um, holies of holies. So this is what Moses had to do. He had to follow the plan and the pattern of God. It could not be the way Moses wanted it to be. He had to get instructions from God in order to make this tabernacle. Now, where am I going with this tabernacle? Remember now, we are a three-part being. We are spirit, we are soul, we are body. Once we accept Jesus, this is where God lives. We're called the temple. We're called the tabernacle. This is where God lives. But the question is, why would God want to dwell amongst his people? Because God wanted to be their God. He wanted the fellowship. He wanted to commune with them. He wanted everything that the people needed. He wanted them to know, you can come to me. I'm your God. When we look in John, verse chapter 1, verse 14, it says that the word became what? Flesh and dwelled among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. So the word, which is Jesus... God, y'all know about Jesus. He was born of a virgin, and once he was born of that virgin and virgin, and Jesus was, you know, he was taught, he was raised up. Anyway, Jesus became the Word. He is the Word. So when he come down, the Word was made what? Flesh, and it dwelled among us. Now, when we look at Jesus coming down, dwelling amongst us, think about this, y'all. The moment that Jesus came down and he dwelt among us, everything that was needed on earth, the word provided. When there was healing that was needed, the the word provided it. When there was deliverance that was needed, the the word provided it. So everything that was needed, who provided it? The word. So Jesus was down there to dwell amongst them, the word of God, no matter what would come up. Guess what? Jesus would take care of it. He was bringing the kingdom down here to the earth. And this is why he's saying, let my kingdom come. Let my will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So when God was dwelling amongst them in that tabernacle, what God was doing, God was saying, everything you need is right here. I'm here for you. So this is what I want people to know today. God is here for you. But let's start back to Exodus 25. We're going somewhere. And I want to go here. Remember when the people were in Egypt, they were in bondage. Egypt is a form of the world. They were learning the ways of the Egyptians, but they were Hebrews. They were taught 
in the way of God. So when they were in Egypt, um, when they come out of Egypt, was brought out of Egypt, they still had some Egypt in them, even though they were delivered. So the world was still there. They still was going back to Egypt, even though um, God had delivered them out of Egypt. But one thing that God did, and you should get excited about this, before they came out of Egypt, before they had the Passover, God instructed them. He said, I want you to go to the Egyptians, and I want you to ask of the Egyptians for these things. And the things that they asked of those Egyptians were, they asked for some remnant, they asked for some gold, they asked for some silver, they asked for some brass. Come on, they were going in, they were spoiling the Egyptians. Why am I saying that? The wealth of the wicked is stored up for the just, is stored up for the righteous. God will use the wealth of the wicked and he'll store it up for who? For us when it's needed. So when God had asked them to go ask them these things, you know what? They were willing to give it to them. I believe God had turned their hearts towards what? The um, Israelites. Why? Because the e- Egypt saw everything that God was doing in the midst of them. Moses ended up having favor with those Egyptians. So when they asked, they gave it to him. So this is why God asked for it, because God was making the tabernacle. He wanted that tabernacle to look just like it was in heaven. He was bringing heaven down here to earth. But guess what God had to do with what was given? He had to constitute, um, he had to set apart every part of that tabernacle for his glory because God is a holy God. So everything had to be set apart. So this is why in the beginning of chapter 25, you see where God was um, telling the children to bring the children of Israel to bring these items to God. But he said, you have to be willing and have to be willing from the heart. So we got that much. So this is why I'm getting here, y'all. So y'all see spirit, soul, and body, right? Three-part being. The spirit is the real you. The soul is your mind, your will, and your emotions. And your body is just your body. Amen? That's just the body that you inhabit. What I want you to see with where I'm going is, when God was showing me this about out-of-court Christians, we have some Christians. I'm going to start over here on this side here. When you look at the tabernacle, when you look at it, it had white, um, a white wall around it. You know, it was just with a white wall. And those gates around that um, tabernacle, it was built very high. And Miracle Temple might be seeing this while I'm doing it because we had this teaching. And it was very high, so people on the outside could not even look over into that tabernacle because those walls was high. But what they were seeing, they were seeing that white um, linen, how it was built around those walls. And that white represent purity. It, it represent righteousness. So the people knew that the only way that they can get into this tabernacle was through the gate. So I want to start here with the gate. We talked about why God wanted to dwell among us. But I'm going to start with the gate. Over here on this side was the gate. The gate had several colors in it. That gate had, it had a blue, which represent heaven. It had a purple, which represent royalty. And it had um, scarlet, which represent the blood of Jesus. That without the shedding of blood, there's no remissions of sin. So I want you to see this gate. This gate had blue, which represent heaven. He was bringing heaven down here to earth. Thank you, Lord. And then it had the purple, which represent kingship. That's kingdom. 
Then it had the scarlet, which represent the blood. The only way that you can get through here is through a sacrifice. So this is the part that God was showing me. While they were standing here at this gate, before they can even go through the gate, they had to bring a perfect, y'all, sacrifice. Perfect means no blemishes, no defects. They couldn't bring God any or everything. It had to be so perfect, no blemishes, no defect. That means that you had to make sure before you brought that lamb to God that there were no blemishes, there were no defects in that lamb. That means that lamb could not be blind, that lamb could not be lame, that lamb could not be sick. That lamb had to be so perfect because God said, I'm a holy God. I don't look at sin. He said, so don't bring me in and everything. Y'all got to hear me. You cannot go to God any kind of way. You cannot get to your father any kind of way. You can't do it yourself. So when they bought this perfect lamb, they're standing at the door because they know within, I have a perfect lamb. I'm not going to offer God anything. So they're still at this door with that lamb. But before that, they can even go through the door. The priest had to check that lamb to make sure it was a perfect sacrifice. And another reason why God wanted a perfect sacrifice, because this sacrifice, Sister Denise, is representing you. Meaning that I don't want to be blind. I don't want to be sick. I don't want to be depressed. I don't want to have all of these defects. So what I'm holding is wholeness. I'm holding something that's so perfect that's going to represent me that I don't want to be this way. So why would I come in with the sick lamb? That means she want to be sick. That means she want to be blind. That means she want to be deaf. But she's saying, no, I want to be totally whole. So I'm going to bring a lamb with no defects. So that's what God is saying. He don't want any and everything. And the problem is now, remember I'm talking about the priest. One thing about the priest, the priest was doing a service for the Lord. And let's say I'm the priest, you're priest too. So the priest could not even do the work of the Lord before they were washed outside the gate. See, this is what we miss. We got people trying to teach other people and they ain't been washed. They haven't been made clean. And guess what? They could not wash themselves. The Bible said that Moses had to wash them before they can even do a service for the Lord. So they had to be washed before they could even take that lamb and inspect that lamb. They had to be made clean first. So just don't think that you're going to go to God any kind of way. Pastors, teachers, fivefold, don't think that you're going to handle the word of God outside of what the word says. So they're at the gate. They have checked this lamb out. This lamb is the perfect lamb. So now they can go through the gate. Can you imagine you got the perfect lamb? But check this out, y'all. God, the priest did not check the person. The priest checked the lamb. The person wasn't checked for no defects. Y'all got to catch this. The person was not checked for no defects. Because the person had the perfect lamb in their hand, so the priest didn't even touch the person. The priest said, give me the lamb. Even though the person was toe up from the, y'all better hear what I'm saying. Even though you may be toe up from the floor, God said, I ain't looking at you. I'm looking at the perfect lamb. The one that you're bringing for the sacrifice. I'm not going to mess with you. I 
why John the Baptist says, Behold the Lamb of God. Behold the Lamb of God. See, it shifted from John to Jesus. So he said, Behold the Lamb of God. So you know the Lamb that you have is the perfect sacrifice. He is the Lamb of God. So when I enter the gates, I know I have a perfect sacrifice. That Lamb... Who did not do no harm, y'all. That lamb is representing me. So I can go through those gates. Remember what the word of God says before I even go. I have thanksgiving in my heart when I get to the gate. But when I go through the gate, it says what? I can go through the gate with what? Praise. It's supposed to be a what? A high hallelujah. But it's okay. I can go through that gate with some high praises because I know that I have the perfect lamb, right? And they didn't look at me. They looked at the lamb. So I'm going now to the brazen altar. And this is where this sacrifice is going to be sacrificed. So as I get to this brazen altar, I'm going to lay both hands upon the head of this lamb. And if I'm laying both hands on the head of this lamb, that means that all of my sins, everything that I would ever do is getting transferred. Y'all better hear what I'm saying. See, it's the perfect lamb. It's already perfect. So everything that I would ever do as I lay my hands on that lamb is getting transferred to the lamb. Remember that Jesus is what? He is the lamb. Right? So when he was on the cross, the brazen altar represent the cross. When he was on the cross, he took on what? The sin of the whole world. So all of my sins, past, present, and future, is on him. So I'm identifying with him and what he's already done. So as I'm sitting there at that altar with Jesus Christ, knowing that he took on my sins and all of my sins, guess what? The devil can't make me guilty. He can't make me feel condemned because guess what? He took on all of my sins. Y'all right there at the altar, right? So we're right there at the altar with Jesus. I'm making sure I don't miss anything. So we look at the altar. And this is what we did. We laid hands on the sacrifice. And as we laid hands on the sacrifice, we're saying, all of my sins is going to this lamb. So he's taken every sin that belonged to me. Now, why am I going here? Let me tell y'all why I'm staying here. This is the outer court. Remember what I said? This is outer. Y'all, we haven't even gotten the presence of the Lord. This is outer. This is where everything is burnt up right here. This is where I have a new identity. This is where it's no longer I who live, but it's Christ who lives in me. Because he has taken everything that was on me, he has put it on him. And I'm, I'm sitting right here. I've been forgiven for past, present, and future sins, right? So I want y'all to check this out. This is the brazen altar. This is where the cross is. All the blood from the top of his head to the soles of his feet, it was nothing but blood. Without the shedding of blood, there's no remissions of sin. So guess what? I am forgiven. It don't matter what the devil say. I am forgiven because it's been washed away with the blood. But then you go to the labor. 
Remember, this is the brazen altar. This is the labor. Now check this. Remember the priests. Outside of the gate, they had to be washed thoroughly, right? They had to be washed because if they were not washed, they could not do a service for the Lord. So nobody can go before the Lord unless they're what? Born again. The only way you can get to him is through what? Through Jesus Christ. So those priests only had to wash one time. And the reason why I'm going there before I get there, in the Bible, in John 13, it talks about Jesus when he was washing his disciples' feet. But Peter was saying, no, don't just do my feet. Wash all of me. Jesus said, all of you don't need to be washed. Guess why? Because when you were born again, when you're saved, you don't have to go back and get washed again. You don't have to. You already done it right here at this altar. That part of you is saved because you have accepted what Jesus have done. But when you get to this, this labor and the priest, they had to walk with no shoes on. So by the time they got from this brazen altar to this labor or laver, what happened was they looked. It was made out of mirrors from the women. And when they looked into that labor, they could see their hands were dirty. They knew their feet was dirty. So they had to wash in there continually, y'all. They had to keep themselves clean continually because they could not do anything else being dirty. So what does this labor do for us? It's a mirror. It is the word of God. When we look into the word of God, we see stuff on us that shouldn't be there. So when we see that stuff on us, we're reminded of what he's already done. I don't have to accept this. Because he's already freed me from this. I'm no longer in bondage. Whom the son sets free is free indeed. So I'm washing that filth off of me. I'm not letting the enemy condemn me with that because I know who I am, right? But then the Lord began to share this with me. The Lord said, you got outer court Christians. I said, Lord, what do you mean outer court? Still in the flesh. Why are they still in the flesh and not moving forward? He said the reason why, because they keep coming back to this altar. They keep saying, oh God, please forgive me. Oh God, I won't do that no more. Oh God, if I, if I pay my tithes, God, you'll heal me. Oh God, you're still at this altar trying to get something from a God who gave you everything. So you're still dwelling in these outer courts. You ain't even got into the presence of the Lord. You're not even experiencing the fullness of God because you're still over here asking God, God, I know, God, I'm a wretch undone. God, I know I just cursed somebody out. God, can you please forgive me? You don't even know you've been forgiven before you've done it. So you're still dwelling in these outer courts. Like you a dead man. And guess what? The Bible says that in the Old Testament, they had to give a lamb continually. You know what we're doing? We're going back out the door. Like we're not saved. Lord, here I am. Again, God. I need your help, God. Can you please help me, God? God, I, I done fasted. God, I done prayed. God, here I am. See, they had to do this continually on a daily basis because it only covered their sins. But when you know what Jesus done, Jesus um, took away the sins of the whole world once and for all, and he sat down by the mercy seat. He sat down. The priest had to continually stand because they were continually offering an animal every day. Every time they sinned, they would bring an animal. You know what we're doing? Every time we do something wrong, Mitchell, we bring it. Here, God, here's my offering, God. Here, God, 
Here, God, I, I've been speaking in time. Here, God, here I am. God, forgive me. God, I wake up earlier. God, I love my neighbor. God, I'll do this. God, if you just heal me. God, if you just give me the joy that I need. God, if you just help me. God said, I already done it. So we've been dwelling in these outer courts for years. Instead of us going to this labor, and when we're noticing sin is on us or something is trying to come at us, we need to be using the word of God to cleanse us, to wash us, to remind us what has already been done. So I want to ask today, who's still dwelling here at the foot of the cross? He's risen. And if we know that he's risen, if we know that we've been crucified with him, then we, we rise up with him in a new life. So we want to live that life in Christ that was made available for us through what Christ done. He want us to move forward. He said we got too many outer court Christians. Outer court Christians are living outside of the way God created them to live. What does, does an outer court Christian do? They're still looking like the world. They're still acting like the world. They still want to do what the world does instead of going into the word of God and knowing who you are now that you're in Christ. When you are a new creature, old things have passed away. And this is why Jesus said that when the woman committed adultery, Jesus told her to go and sin no more. He said, I don't condemn you. What did he say? He said, move from here. He said, you don't have to stay here. He said, I already paid the price for your adultery. He said, the only thing I want you to do, I want you to go. See, he wanted her to get into the presence of the Lord. I want you to go and I don't want you to sin no more. See, the enemy want to hold these thoughts and things against you so you cannot get into the presence of the Lord. Because when you're in the presence of the Lord, the Bible says there is fullness of joy. So he don't want you to do that. So he told her to go and sin no more. But guess what Jesus even done? He knew that. Men and women were going to have lust even in their minds. They were even going to think about having affairs or thinking about adultery. Guess what Jesus said? He said, the blood doesn't cleanse you of that too. He said, even if a man lusts in his heart after a woman, guess what? He has committed adultery. So he gave us a way to even do away with that through his blood. But when we allow these thoughts to linger without coming here to the labor and washing... Every day, when we know we're having a thought, the word of God said, for as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he, so does he become. The more you're thinking about a thing, you're going to become that thing you're thinking about. That's why the Bible says, cast down what? Imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself from what? The knowledge of God. Anything that's trying to make itself higher than God, we want to cast it down. Any reasonings or anything that you're having in your mind that's going to take you out of the place, it cannot take you out of fellowship. I want to say this. No matter what you do and how you do it, you cannot break fellowship with God. Because Jesus did away with was keep what was keeping you from not fellowshipping with him. But the enemy wants you to think that you got to do all these rituals, just like they did in the Old Testament, to commune with God. If you have accepted him as your Lord and Savior, and you, he has welcomed you into the kingdom, guess what? You don't have to keep going back over and over again. What you have to do is renew your mind according to the word of God. When you get up here and you go into the word, you read it on a daily basis, and I want to say, how do you get past 
this labor because people are in the outer court, the body. That's why the Bible says a carnally man, to be carnally minded is death. To be spiritually minded is what? Life and peace. So I'm at the labor and I'm finally realizing I am a new creature in Christ Jesus. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. So I begin to praise God even more in the out of courts. And I keep coming to my word daily, daily. What am I saying? You're staying in these out of courts because you're not in the word the way you need to be. You're not getting your mind renewed. You still conform to this world because your mind is not being renewed according to the word of God. Your mind got to be transformed. If you are just going in the word on Sunday and you're not visiting the word again to Sunday, you're going to dwell in these outer courts. If you, get, if you have a Bible, you need to be opening that Bible on a daily basis and saying, God, I want to commune with you. God, I want to be in your presence. God, I want your will to be done on earth as it is in heaven. Here I am, Lord, to do your will today. God, I'm going to be still and I'm going to know that you're God today. So as you're doing that on a daily basis, guess what? You're entering now the holy place. This is where the lamp sand is. This is where the um, table of uh, shoe bread. And this is where the altar of incense is. That lamp, now remember, if you're still going to say, I have to do this to get God to do something, this is where you are. If you're still in a place trying to make something happen to get God to do something, you're up under the law. You're constantly offering things to get God to do something for you. You're begging and you're pleading with God. We should be past this. Because the more you get into the word of God, you're going to know what God has already done. So you don't have to keep bringing a lamb. You don't have to keep bringing a sacrifice. The Bible says, make your body a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God. This is your what? Reasonable service. This is your act of worship. So every day I'm saying, God, here am I because things pop up, y'all. Things occur in our lives, and when we see those things occurring, we let that thing know. It's no longer I who live, but it's Christ who lives in me. Do not let the devil stop you from getting in the presence of the Lord, because God is right there waiting. So after I pass this place, y'all, it shouldn't take you 20 years to pass it. If it's taking you 20 years, it's because you're still doing things that you should not be doing. You're still trying to make it work the world's way i can say right now during this crisis we got christians still in the outer courts because christians are doing what the world is doing because if you're in the presence of the lord he's going to tell you what need to be done we got people so much in the outer courts that their minds are so much on this um um covid 19 that they're missing what God has already done because they're more into COVID-19 than they are in the word of God. That's why you're dwelling in these outer courts. It's time for us not to be in the outer courts. It's time for us to be spiritually minded so we can have life and peace. 
See, when Jesus walked the earth, he was so in connection with the Father, no matter what came up, he knew that God's presence was with him because God said, I will never leave you nor shall I forsake you. I will be with you till the end. So whatever come up in Jesus' life, came up in Jesus' life, Jesus said, be healed, be made whole, come out of them in the name of Jesus. He even stilled the storm. Why? By saying, peace be still. Why? Because he was in the presence of the Lord and being in the presence presence of the Lord, you would know what to do in every situation. The problem is we got out of court Christians. We got Christians that want to serve on committees. We got Christians that want titles, but do not, have not been in the presence of the Lord. Have not experienced everything that God has for you. You haven't experienced his healing. You haven't experienced his joy. You haven't experienced his love. You haven't experienced God the way you need to because you're in and out of the word and you're not being still and knowing that he's God. So, every day when you wake up, the first thing you should be doing is thanking God. You should be giving God glory. It should not be something that you're dreading to do. It should be something that you're so excited to do to say, Lord, I thank you for another day. People that stay in the word of God, it don't take them long to be in the presence of God. It does not take them long for the glory of God to rise upon them. Because they're in his presence every day. See, what's happening with out-of-court Christians, they have strongholds. And strongholds keep you from doing what God would have you to do. And the enemy knows this, that when you have strongholds in your life, they keep you from moving forward with God, what, with what God will have you to do. Let's get past this labor. We're washing every day in the word of God because the word of God is what washes us, is what cleanses us. If we're doing that, guess what? We can go into what? The holy place. There go that lamp, that lamp. And in that lamp, you have a lamp that have seven, what is it, seven, um, it's a candlestick, and it has branches on it. You have three on each side, which is six. But then you have a stem that's in the middle, and those uh, six are attached to that stem. He is divine with the branches. And without him, guess what? We can't get our nourishment, right? So if we can't get our nourishment from him, guess what? We're dying, even though we're born again. But in that lamp, they have oil. And that oil is what gives them that light. That oil represents the Holy Spirit. So remember, I'm coming from here, right? I'm in my word. I'm reading my word. But by the time I get right here, I need help from the Holy Spirit, which is that oil. The Holy Spirit will illuminate that word. The Holy Spirit is going to give you revelation on that word. So I need help from the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is going to fill me every day when it comes to the word of God. So I need daily fillings of the Holy Spirit. Down here, y'all, this is your fruit. This is where you have the Holy Spirit, the indwelling right here at this labor. He's indwelling you. You have the fruit of the Spirit. But come on, y'all, I want to be baptized. I want to be filled. I want the Holy Spirit to come upon me. I want the power of God to come upon me so I can do what God has called me to do, right? 
So as I have this light, we are the light of the world. First of all, Jesus is the light of the world. In this room, there was no window, so they needed that light from that lampstand. And that light would shine upon the showbread. It would shine upon that bread. And that bread is representing the bread of life, which is Jesus Christ, right? So it's on that table. So I need some illumination through this light to see what the... Y'all got to get it. I need some illumination. So they had to keep the oil in this light. They had to trim. You know how you have to trim a light when the um, wick get burnt out or whatever? They had to keep it trimmed. They had to keep the oil there. So you have to be filled, steady, a filling of the Holy Spirit. So after you feel and you enter the word of God, the light is shining upon that word. You're getting illumination. You're getting revelation from the word. Ain't no more here reading it. Come on. We need to be illuminated. We need to have some revelation upon that word. So we got the revelation upon the word. Now we can go to the altar of incense with the word of God. And we know that we're praying the perfect will of God. Come on, somebody. So it's like sweet aroma going up to God. So once I get into the presence, I just fall prostrate. Hallelujah. Knowing that I'm in the presence of the Lord. Because I'm right there at his throne. Well, guess what? The blood is crying, mercy, mercy. Y'all, God said the churches are dwelling. I'll say some because you already took offense. Some churches are dwelling in these outer courts and saying they're living the way they need to live. When you're living the way that you need to live, nobody do not have to tell you how to live. Because if you hurt somebody with your mouth, it don't take you 20 years to go to them. See, I done got past here. When I get past here and I know I have been forgiven, I'm going to forgive you, Sister Denise. No matter how bad she hurt me, I'm going to still go to her and say, I forgive you. Why? Because I got past this here. Because I've been forgiven because of him, not because anything that I have done. That's why I say Christians are in this outer court. We need to come out of the outer court. God wants us to move forward so we can make disciples of men. When you go into the presence of the Lord, that's a place you don't want to come out of. We're supposed to be working from inside out, not outside in. Once you get into that presence, you want to live a spiritual life. This right here, this labor, this is the sanctification process. Every day. You got to go through this. You got to get into the word so you can live a holy life. You cannot live a holy life apart from the word of God. The word of God tell you how to live. And the more you learn how to live, you want to go and keep tasting how good the word is. God, I want some revelation on this word. Illuminate this word. This is why Paul prayed the prayer. Lord, give them the spirit of wisdom and revelation knowledge of you. Lord, let the eyes of their heart. Be enlightened so they may know what is the hope of your calling. What are the riches of your glory? See, we have to know all these things. And that goes right there in that holy place. And y'all, in that holy place, that's that soul, the mind, will, and emotions. You got everything going on up in there. But once your mind get renewed and it drop down in your heart and you connect with the spirit, God said, I want you to connect with me on a daily basis. Y'all, 
I am so tired of people saying I'm saved and living opposite to what you're saying. If you got to tell somebody you saved, you need to check your salvation. Because when you truly have accepted Jesus, you're in the world, but you're no longer of the world, and you don't do what the world does. Because guess what, people? Everywhere you go, you're carrying him with you. When you go to a party and you say you saved, you got God dancing with you. When you go fornicate, when you go commit adultery, you got God going with you. Who would want to do our God like that once he has saved us? Once he has delivered us? When you know who you are, you don't go back to where you were. Because you know you didn't save yourself. You couldn't save yourself. Because the Bible says the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ. It is through him you live, you move, and have your being. It is no good that you done or no good that you would ever do. Because once you come through Jesus, God don't see you no more. You are hidden with Christ. Your life is hidden with him. So when I do something wrong, yes, I say, God, you already forgave me for this. So what I do without giving Satan the inroad in my life, I say, Lord, I've already been forgiven. But Lord, I repent of that. I'm having a change of heart and change of mind. And I have to take a few minutes and I have to say, where did that come from? Where did that come from? Because there's a root to everything. So it's time for us, y'all, to get into the word of God. Get to know who we are so we can move out of these outer courts, Christians. You say you say, but God say he wants you to move out of these outer courts. Because see, Jesus, he didn't stay there. Jesus was doing the will. Of, why am I saying people still in the outer courts? Because if somebody is sick, if you are in the presence of the Lord, you will lay hands on them and say, be healed. Out of court, Christians is telling them what to do outside the word. When you're in the word, you're telling them what the word says. Jesus was word-minded because he was connected with the Father. He said only thing he say and do is according to what his Father say and do. His Father don't tell you just to roll over and die. So it's time to stop being out-of-court Christians. It is time to be in the presence of the Lord and live a life that God wants us to live according to his word. So when God dwelt amongst his people, whenever they moved, he moved with them. And that's what God wants from us today. Come out of the outer courts, y'all. Come out of being carnally minded and fleshly minded. And let's be spiritually minded and live that life God wants us to live. Let's do what God has called us to do. Let's start making disciples of men. And let's take him on a journey through this word and let people know, first of all, who you are now that you're in Christ. Come out of those out of courts. If you're not having those experiences with God that you need to have, maybe it's because that you're not, it's not because that you're not saved, some of us. It's because you have not taken the time to be still and know that he is God through what the word of God has to say. We have to stop being worldly minded and we have to be spiritually minded. It's time for us to recognize who we are now that we are in Christ. It is no longer you that live, but it's Christ who lives in you. You've been crucified with Christ. Quit allowing the enemy to condemn you. Quit allowing the enemy to make you feel like that, you know, you can't be what somebody else is or 
or want to be, comparing yourself amongst yourselves is not wise. So it's time for us to live that life the way Christ wants us to live that life. And it's not too late. Today, again, we want to offer you the plan of salvation because now is the time of salvation. We don't want to wait till tomorrow. We don't want to wait until you feel like you need to get it right because I'm going to tell you, you can't get it right. Remember at the gate, they bought the perfect lamb. The priest examined the lamb, not the person. So whatever you're doing that you should not be doing, you don't have to wait for you to get it right. That's self-righteousness. For by grace are you saved through faith, not of yourself. It is the gift of God in the book of Ephesians chapter 2. God's grace is unmerited, it's undeserved favor that you did not earn, that you did not deserve. God put everything on his son so we could have life and have it more abundantly. The only way you can get to the father is through the son. And I want to say this, when you know that you're not living according to the word of God, don't let the enemy beat you up in that area. But go into the word and know how to live the life that God has made available for you. And if you're saying that I am saved, well, you have to look at your life and see if your life is adding up to the life of Jesus Christ. Go into the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and see the life that Jesus led. He was in the world, but he didn't do what the world done. This is why the world hated him. When you live a life for Christ, your friend's going to hate you. They're going to hate you. When you live in that life that you need to live for Christ, you're not going to have the same company that you used to have. You're not going to want to do the same things that you used to do. Why? Because you have him on the inside of you. And the Holy Spirit, he's there to help you. He convicts you of righteousness now that you're born again. So it's time for us to turn. Jesus, when he came into the world, he said, repent. For the kingdom of God is at hand. I'm telling you today, repent. Have a change of mind. Turn from sin and turn to God. Quit saying that you love God, but you haven't let go of what you're doing. When you love God, you want to let go of what you're doing. Because when you love God, you can't love the world at the same time. People need to quit making these confessions and living totally opposite to what the word of God tells you to do. You cannot serve two masters. You cannot serve the world and serve God at the same time. You have to make up your mind. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That those who believe in him shall not perish, shall not be lost, but they shall have everlasting life and that everlasting life it begins right here right now you don't have to wait until you get to heaven we don't want no one lost amen so right now we're going to offer the plan of salvation i'm going to ask mitchell moore to come up here and he's going to go over that plan of salvation on today mitchell amen we give god glory hallelujah Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. I just wanted to go over the plan of salvation for anyone out there who's not saved and want to be saved. And John 3.16, uh, 
The word said that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believed on him should not be lost but should have, should have an ever, everlasting life. And today I just want to give you the plan of salvation. Anyone who's watching, just repeat after me. If you believe in your heart that Jesus Christ died on the cross for you, if you believe in your heart that he died for you and raised, was raised again on the third day, believe in your heart, then you will be saved. In Jesus' name, amen. So, Father, we thank you that we confess with our mouth what we believe in our heart. And like Mitchell said, that you have to believe it in your heart. And how do you come to believe in this in your heart? It is through faith. It's through hearing the word of God. Faith comes by hearing. Hearing come by the word of God. So you have heard the word on today. And if you believe that word, confession is made unto salvation. So we thank God that the ones that have confessed with their mouth what they have believed in their heart, that they are saved on today. So God, we thank you. We glorify you. We magnify you for those that have accepted you as their Lord and as their Savior. And we're saying welcome to the kingdom of God. Welcome to the family of God. You are welcome, welcome, welcome. Come on and give God a hand clap of praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I just want to say that God is truly a good, good father. And know that no matter what you've done, when you've done it, or how you've done it, God still loves you with the everlasting love. Amen. And at this time, we're going to have our announcements, and I'm going to ask the theater to come up and do our announcements. Amen, amen. These are our announcements. Praise the Lord and thank you for worshiping with us online. Until further notice, we will be using our live stream, Facebook, and conference calls for our services and Clem School of Ministries. Sunday, Sunday service will be broadcast at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, and Clem is Tuesday at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. If you don't have access to the Internet, you can call in at 717-275-8945. Four zero. The pen is seven one seven five eight two four pound sign. Ways to send your tithes and offerings. You can send it to you can go to www.mtdm.org or cash app at dollar sign mtdm twenty. Or you can mail it to Miracle Temple Deliverance Ministries, P.O. Box one zero four two, Burgaw, North Carolina two eight four two five. We also have something uh, called SoundCloud. It's S-O-U-N-D-C-L-O-U-D. You can Google it, and you can go in from there, or you could go to the App Store, and you could download that. Uh, excuse me, the App Settings. You can also download that also. And what it is, Apostle Amanda has teachings up there. One teaching that really stands out is the way you think determines the way that you live. 
And being that we're going through this pandemic now, the way you think is going to determine the way you live and your outcome. So I encourage you to go to SoundCloud. We have like 15 teachings up there, and there are more being added every week. So please go to SoundCloud, and that's S-O-U-N-D-C-L-O-U-D, and listen to the word of God. Amen. Amen. Oh, one more announcement. Sorry. Members of Miracle Temple Deliverance Ministries, please send Denise Bryant your email address to denisebryant at mtdm.org. And if you have already gave it to her, please email it to her so we will be on one accord. Thank you in advance. And that is D-E-N-I-S-C-B-R-A-N-T at mtdm.org. Thank you. Amen. And we want to say again, that we thank you for watching us live, and we thank you for all of your support out there, Miracle Temple Deliverance Ministry, and know that God has given us his peace, and that is perfect peace that passes all understanding, that guard our hearts and our minds through Christ Jesus. And the way that this peace gets stirred up in us is through us not being anxious for anything but through prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, we make our requests made known unto God. Know that everything that you need, God has already supplied it according to his riches and glory through Christ Jesus. And know that God already know what you in the need of before you ask. God said in his word, give us this day um, our daily bread. Every day, God has already orchestrated that day for you. God has already set it up for you. That is why we need to be in the presence of the Lord to hear what God is saying unto us. And I want to say, even with the Holy Spirit coming upon you, when the Holy Spirit come upon you, after you leave that labor, after you get the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, which identifies you as being part of the kingdom of God, and I left out with that labor. It represents the baptism as well. When you go down under the water and you come up a new creation in Christ Jesus. That means that that old um, sin nature have been crucified. It is dead. It is not coming back up. The enemy want to remind us of where we were before. But when you know who you are and whose you are, then you don't, you're not subject to him. You're subject to the kingdom. Amen. So when you get... Um, the baptism of the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in tongues. Now, I want to offer that today because we did the part with welcome you into the kingdom. That's not all of it. You need the baptism of the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in tongues so you can go out and you can be a witness of the things that Jesus have already done. Amen. So I'm going to ask um, my husband to come up today and offer the baptism of the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in tongues and just open your heart now that you're born again to receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Amen. As my wife was saying, we need the baptism of the Holy Ghost to be, go out and be an effectual witness. Um, when you are in prayer or you have a situation going on and you don't know what to say, you can speak in tongues and only God would know what you're saying. No one know what you say about God. And that's what we need. And God will give us revelation of what we need to do. Um, all you have to do, just open your mouth, just move your tongue. And just what God gave me to say, it might sound weird to you in the natural, but it's, it's the gift, gift that God has given us. Just move your um, lips and work your tongue and just say what is in your spirit. And you can receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Amen. 
But we want to start from the beginning. I got my two men up here, Mitchell and my husband, leaving some steps out. They're getting right to it. But what we want to do is, once a person is born again, you um going to ask them to, let's come up, Sister Denise. We're going to demonstrate this. Amen. Once a person have accepted Jesus as their Lord and as their Savior, when you raise your hand, that means that you're surrendering all to Jesus Christ. And as you surrendering all to Jesus Christ, you're going to ask them, do you want the baptism of the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in tongues? They say, yes, they're ready for the baptism of the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in tongues. So you can lay hands on them. You can lay hands on them and you can say, receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in tongues. Amen. And as they open their mouth, because they have the spirit of utterance, which is given unto them. And as they open their mouth and they work their tongue and their lips, guess what? They don't have to try to make nothing come out. They already asked in faith. And guess what? They believe and now they have received the baptism of the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in tongues. To God be the glory. And like my husband said, when you don't know how to pray and you don't know what to say, those tongues are for, for you and the Father. The Father understands that heavenly language. So you're speaking directly to him. And guess what? The enemy cannot cut in because he do not know what's being said. And as you're speaking directly to the father, if the father wants something to be said in English, then guess what? There will be an interpretation of that tongue given to you so you can pray in English. But I got something to tell you guys. You have to be in the word of God to know what God is going to bring back to you to say. People can speak in tongues all day long, but if you ain't connecting the word before you go into tongues, if you're not in your daily reading or in, in the word of God on a daily basis, when God bring back the word to you, you're not even going to know what God is saying. So everything has to make a connection. My husband went right into the part where he is now, but we got to back up and make sure because people be saying, well, what I do now, just speak in tongues. There was a first part to that. Amen. So we give God glory. So you need the baptism of the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in tongues. And these two gentlemen, Mitch and my husband, they did a wonderful job. And we give God glory. Amen. Hallelujah. So Miracle Temple, until next time, know that we here at Miracle Temple Deliverance Ministry love you with the love of God. To God be the glory. Amen.